A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. We missed our wooden, tin and crystal (laughs) and china. Hello everyone, and you're listening to episode 25 of the Blackberry Podcast. I just started. Anniversary. Silver anniversary. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we've got, so we've got Israel, as you can hear. We've got yours truly, Mary. And we've got, this is his third appearance, so I'm sure Mm. he's now a recurring guest of the Black Rio podcast who was on no longer serve you biscuits I can't remember I can't remember the episodes but he was on the knife crime one and he was on Trump immigration and friends one as well from last season yes that's a good memory so we've got Daniel Edgem how are you how you doing I'm Lee I'm back in the house and that (laughs) um Black Bria you lot are doing a great job oh thanks Edgem to be here um, can I get paid now? <laughs> uh, when we get paid. But to be honest, no, Edgem's doing a lot. Of course, he recently had an interview with Sharon Hendry from the Sunday Times. Oh, mm. Mm. As a local black boy, you of course, I've got to do it that. fresh. You're not, you're not. But guys, it's really good. Sunday Times, uh, really eye-opening in terms of your progression as a... I appreciate you. <laughs> and he also, he was on, on BBC as well, wasn't he? I appreciate you. Yeah, he was. He was on BBC as well. Nah, yeah, so yeah, just about educational background. Um, good fun. Yeah, decent. No, really good. Guys, definitely yeah. check it out. Sunday Times, uh, written by Sharon Hendry and these four black boys who made it out of the ghetto. Hmm. But I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Edgem's getting married this year as well. So. I'm Ooh, getting married. I'm getting married. Is it like, what, 50, episode, 50 like, days? No, nah, it's like, you know, yeah, that 60 or 50, 60 days. 50, 60 hmm. days? Really soon, August. I, mean, I won't say a date because you might get Yeah, before you manage to roll through. <laughs> and Israel, how you doing? I've been good. Um, just taking each day as it comes. Um, and trying to make progress, <laughs> you know, okay. body, soul, and mind, and all that okay. stuff. <laughs> and you, you know, of course, we've got Edgem as a speaker, but you're a speaker as well. You know, he was at the the black the block Q and A last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a Q and A um, last week um, that I was, and I was a panelist on. Okay, how was event. that? How did that go? It was Edgem good. was there as well. Yeah, I, I was there at Brixton Local Church and that. It was shout really out good. Pastor Yannick and shout out South London. Yeah, yeah, Pastor yeah. Jason. Just me. And Pastor Felix. And, and Gabby. Yes. Those are all yeah. people I know. Yeah, same. <laughs> no, no, Bonita. I'm, I'm shouting out bare people. But no, how was the event? How was the Q&A? It was really insightful. Um, I mean, the questions reveal a lot about what's going on in people's minds as yeah. they like interact with the faith, um, the world around them. And it was good vibes all around. Like the, the the whole event itself was actually like really cool. Yeah, I'm sure Edgem has his own views because I mean he was taking them over. I was a recipient of Israel's knowledge. <laughs> wow! I was the ground that the apple fell off the tree from. Oh my days. Oh. Um, but honestly, Israel Israel has this like, and listeners know this. Listeners of Blackberry know this. He had this way of like lifting a conversation from merely the mortal almost mm. mortal mind to the to the sphere of academia and deep thought mm. and Israel in the- theology does it with a good balance of soul he does it and applies it practically so Israel would refer to you know oh Dr. Jonathan Edwards and Augustine and it just reminds you that big thinkers have thought of your topics and questions 
I, that's how I see it as. So oh, you almost wonder. My question is sort of minor and, and maybe stupid, and it's and you know anyone would know it. But Israel always, you know, would 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 reassure it, like the the person who asked the question, in the way he answered the question by you know, you know speaking about how you know this this thing, this great theologian also had this dilemma, and he thought it through like this. It could be a modern, you know, theologian like his his big boy Keller, or it could be, you know, one of his traditional ones like Augustine. And Israel does it very well and applies it very practically. <laughs> it's all space right now. No, he's very good. I love <laughs> it. What questions? What questions were there? Like, what questions were you asked? Um, I'm sure there was like 25. The first questions. one was the first one was thank thank you. <laughs> Honest, it's all true. The first one was um, Israel. Are you blushing or? Hey, 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 I'm, I'm black. Don't, don't be saying that. I can't, can't, can't have folks speaking that. The, <laughs> <laughs> um, the first question was like a spinner. Who is Satan? I was Ooh. like, oh wow, okay. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, but so, so Yannick took that question. He answered it very well. I believe. Mm. Um, in terms of trying to give like an overview of who Satan is as a person, um, personal being who exists in the world and so on, but also. Um, I think reaching the tone of the question in terms of having the right view of who Satan is as someone who's created and therefore is not equal with God. It's not like a yin and yang. This is the illustration he used. It's not a yin and yang relationship where God versus Satan, they're equals fighting each other mm. and we're just hoping God will win. No, Satan is under God's sovereign control um, and he's a created being. Um, he's not omniscient, omnipotent, omnibenevolent. He, like he is limited as a creature um, under the, the rule of the sovereign creator. So I really appreciate that response. Just to frame our thinking of it, um, keeps us balanced. It means we don't, I don't know, like elevate Satan beyond who he actually is, mm. but then you're not minimizing it to like, oh, it's just a force. Yeah, Damien did a piece on it, didn't world. he? Oh yeah, he did, on the screw tape letters? Yeah, yeah. screw tape letters. And then um, just our like, especially those who come from, you know, hyper charismatic backgrounds mm. and how you Satan and demonology and Yannick is I'm right in saying he did a video for Blackberry didn't he yeah he yeah. did so is it out interface. he did it it might be out soon interpretation yes he mm -hmm. did yeah interpretation mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah I'm the yeah, 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 I've do. subscribed <laughs> I've got you, man. GDPR update. You know, yeah, I'm here. Cause yeah, yeah. Opt in, opt in, I've opt in. in. What, what question did you? What questions did you most enjoy? There's a question related to heaven. Like, how can you be sure you're going to heaven? Um, and I guess it's one of those questions which you always like. Well, for me, maybe I don't think about it enough because um, you almost not assume, but you know, you know, you live a righteous life by God's grace, and that's where you end up. But actually, there is a space in the Bible where you know you can find assurance in the fact that you are going to heaven mm. Mm. despite, you know, your best works here. Um, mm. And of course, we live by grace. So sometimes you, in your, you know, sin, wonder, ah, am I even going to make it to heaven? And uh, it's you, that's when you're reminded about Christ's work initially. Mm. You forget yourself, you remember Christ's work. So that was a very good question. And um, I think it was, you, and the answers you gave were extended to even just describing what the experience in heaven would be like from what we know from scripture. So being with God, Christ, um, I remember it was the girl's name, Gabby. Yeah. Yes, Gabby. Yes. Even just, you know, just referring to, you know, being in communion forever with this amazing God who created, you know, all these things we enjoy, but to enjoy him in a, you know, 10 times, 100 times more than we do in, in, in this earth as Christians. Uh, I remember she mentioned, you know, God who even created the color blue, for example. And, and, it's, mm. and it seems trivial, but actually, you know, the things, the small things we enjoy in life, we all create from God. 
mm. and one that we're going to enjoy him to the mm. very end um, mm. to the highest um, uh, of our ability so it's a good question I think yeah. it was a really good Q&A session yeah it was really good shout out block yeah, <laughs> shout yeah, out block yeah. man Brixton local um, they meet at Evelyn Grace am I looking at me guys Academy <laughs> in Brixton <laughs> I believe like um, and it is on Sunday yeah, <laughs> that's a safe. That's a safe statement. <laughs> Surprising. They got started. Bab studies on Wednesdays. Okay. Yes. I think at the same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Place, which Kaya, is which is on Cold Harbour Lane. I can't remember right. the number. Just type block and you'll find Just it. Just type yeah. block. Type block yeah. London. B L O C. Block yeah, London. It's on our website of church local church. resources local as well. Church. Anyway, onto more important things. You guys watching the World Cup? Who's <laughs> not me? I'm hey, watching on, that was more important <laughs> things. I'm joking. This wasn't my football. I'm joking. No, so who are you guys supporting? We're actually recording on a Monday and England's on. So currently it's 1-1 and it's like, what, 60 minutes or something? Mm. That's painful. Come on, England. So obviously I am, um, I went into it like a hybrid. I was like, you know, Nigeria, England, whoever gets further, that's who I'm going to say. I was glory hunter. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be radically honest, you know. Um, so right now, Nigeria's really like upset me. Um, it's only one game. Calm down. And we didn't upset you with that kit though. Mm. Wavy. <laughs> Literally is wavy. That kit is so sweet. Literally. If we go out, at least we had that kit. It's so too mm, nice. Mm, Trust mm. Me. But do you guys struggle with, because obviously Edgem's Nigerian. Trust me. Israel's Nigerian. And then there's England. There's there's other African teams. I don't yeah. think there's any Caribbean teams in the there's world. There's other Cup. African, there's other Sub-Saharan Africans. Because we don't really oh, relate to, to Tunis- like, we love, oh, wait, obviously. Tunisia, Egypt, yeah. Senegal. They're like, you know, there's, they're so North it's hard. Af- we, yeah, we relate yeah. less with Egypt and Egypt, yeah. right. but like Senegal, Niger, mm. Ghana. Nigeria, Ghana, and it's like no Caribbean teams up. as well. Nah, no Caribbean teams. Nah, nah, I believe so. Nah, sorry, nah, Caribbean teams. Really Just root for Nigeria. Root for Nigeria, and it's it's a like it's a pertinent point because part of your like God made you. I'm Nigerian born British mm. that's how he, he brought me to this world. So there is a bit of a the tension between you know like rah, what am I? Who am I? People are gonna laugh at me saying that, but it's you know some deep questions from the World Cup. But I think like for me, I describe it as Britain is like the house, Nigeria is my home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, first I can describe it. Like Britain has done great for me in terms of like just you know. Hmm. How 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 do you communicate that at work? Because here's here's what I've been thinking, yeah. and I've been very hesitant to talk about the world. I mean, the World Cup is like the safest topic right now, yeah. Yeah. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got like um, sweepstakes as well, where everyone's yeah. As long as you don't support Saudi Arabia, and it's like, how do you so how do you go to your <laughs> to your you know majority like British British yeah, yeah, context, white British, yeah. and they're like, oh, you're rooting for England, yeah. and you're like. <laughs> Actually. No, but I think they will understand. They do understand. They'll understand. They'll understand. If you say, "Oh yeah, I'm rooting understand. for England," but also I'm of oh, Nigeria, I can see that way, the way you phrased it. Though. But also, could you could you speak your chest? I'm for Nigeria. Yeah, you could. You yeah. easily could. Okay. No, no. Some would be like some people generally would just be like, mm, "But you like you're here, you're enjoying, you know, you're enjoying the UK system, and especially with Nigeria not being a sort of equal parallel with UK in terms of like infrastructure and yeah. services." Hmm. Someone's like, "Okay, you're Nigerian, but you're here, so why don't you Nigeria?" Obviously, because UK is better. Listen, <laughs> listen, because you've heard, I've heard those questions, but listen, like, as I said, like, in terms of what has been the value system I've grown mm. up in, it's been a Nigerian one. Culture wise, in my mm. house, it's a Nigerian one. Mm. Obviously, there's British flavour, British influence, but largely, you come to the house, you know, it's a Nigerian home, and that's the context I've lived in and grown up in. Um, that's what the, the value is largely from an African home and African value system um, 
And so, like, obviously, Britain's the skeleton and that, but Nigel's the flesh. <laughs> Get me. Like, these illustrations so can it be, today. So, can your loyalty to Nigeria or England or wherever you're from be harmonized? Because imagine if someone is born to their of Jamaican heritage, someone like Raheem Sterling, for example, Jamaican mm-hmm. heritage, but they're British. Can you not harmonize both worlds? Because obviously, that, this, that, that diversity in that. It's yeah. quite beautiful. I mean, I want to say you can, I, because yes, I, I'm, I'm staying, I'm sticking with you can. Um, I think in the harmony is there's going to be a bit of tension, um, just because the way the way you interact with both is different. Mm-hmm. So I think actually <clears throat> the example that or the illustration that um Edgem used was very poignant in terms of saying England's the house, but Nigeria's my home, just in terms of like highlighting. The distinctions yeah like there's a way i interact with britain that i don't interact with exactly. nigeria and there's a way i interact with nigeria that i don't interact with britain mm. um that although i'm in the uk and i navigate this world um i interact with the infrastructure i benefit from the education and so on but nigeria is almost embedded itself in my soul mm. and in, in a different yeah. as well because you could say uh home is where the heart is so i'm yeah. presently in england so mm. home is england yeah. but the house I don't know the house that I always long for is this and is sounding very Black Pantherish, but what kind of And you're black. So. <laughs> but yeah, there was actually an article written today, and I've actually got I want to get your opinions. Um, so I, I can't remember who wrote the article, but it was in the Times, and it said England players must walk off at any sign of racism. Hmm. So I was, I was asking, I didn't say if you was a professional footballer yeah. now. Yeah. So your preferred position? I think you play up front, midfield. I play up front. front. I play. <coughs> I play up front. I play CM. Wasn't really asking for a bag right okay. now. <laughs> if you want to liken me to a player, just say Bamidele Ali. Uh-uh. Okay, 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 <laughs> Dele Ali. And if he was subjected to racism in Russia, yeah. I don't know, let's say you're playing and you can just hear people shouting uh, slurs at you, yeah. what would you actually do? Would you walk off? Like, what would you do? Uh, it's a good question because I, I I'm not sure if we have thought I've, I've, I've thought about this question before. Um, I'm there to play football. That's that's primarily why I'm there, right? Um, uh, and to glorify God doing so. This is to be a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. If I was to play football and then hear racial insults, um, I think if I heard one, um, knowing that, knowing in the context I'm in, I would, I'll be likely to let that go. I'll not be happy. I might tell the ref, fully tell the ref, but I'll let that go. If it was repeated and repeated, monkey noises chance. Uh, I would walk off. Wow. Israel, hmm. what would you do? I think I would eventually walk off as well. Um, but I, yeah, so I, I actually, I think I, I share pretty much Edgem's position because first few times, there's almost a sense in which it's not an entirely unfamiliar scenario such that you'd want to exercise some resilience first. Mm-hmm. But there, there is a cut-off point where you mm. say this is this is this, mm. this is just too much, um, which is why the article is tr- kind of striking when it says at the first is it at the first yeah the like, first instance of racism. First instance. But I think of course it's, it's that I think there's a there's a term stamp racism out of football. Yeah, yeah, keep so, racism. Out. So if you if you are supposed to be that kind of vehement against the racism, then you yeah. shouldn't wait until the eighteenth occurrence. You should actually this is wrong at the first instance mm. and protest. No, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, and I just think it's important to like show some sign of um, action against it by possibly protesting. Um, 
because you want to communicate also that this isn't right. Mm-hmm. I think playing on and carrying on, although you may, you may show some sort of inner strength and strong will and, you know, um, you know, some sort of way that you can uh, channel um, your energy onto food and, and not be distracted by what's happening outside. Um, how that looks, though, to young black professionals is that um, almost in the sense that this is almost acceptable that, you know, we, we should carry on playing despite this this ill this evil that's been showed upon you mm. um it's wrong so we need to take action to try and stamp it out um it's difficult because you know when it's your livelihood and if a club is saying play for example and you're not playing then you you know you've lost your contract what do you mm. do these are deeper questions and you have to then examine how what does it mean to me to be called a monkey or whatever um mm. than it is to be paid but i think in terms of integrity i think for me my conscience wouldn't allow me to continue to play in the environment i know that is clearly, clearly against me. Um, yeah. In that, in that way. Yeah, Israel, were you gonna say something? I was just wondering, does walking out in protest of the first sign does it really actually do anything substantial, other than uh, this might sound mean, almost like a just virtue signaling. It's like, hey guys, we're really not all racist. Though. Thumbs up. But then and then nothing actually it, changes. But then, of course, walking off is one example. It could be afterwards at a press conference, mentioning it, tweeting yeah. it, yeah. reporting it to your federation, reporting it to the FIFA federation. It, it's one thing you could do. But right. I think I think that maybe the article speaks more to the, the idea of there should be a response as opposed to just ignoring right. it and getting on with the game. And I think it's important for this England squad because... You know, even the squad today, for example, at least five players are black. Yeah, mm. you know and there's a, even a French squad. Like, French if the, if France black. win, Africa won because there's so if many. If France won, Senegal won. Yeah, <laughs> so Cote d'Ivoire won, Cameroon won. So many black players. <laughs> Congo won. Um, so yeah, that definitely should definitely should happen. Well, mm. we'll see. But come on, England, come on, Niger. Yeah. Come on, England. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to Mike Pence. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> From Rah. the safest topic to the. <laughs> <laughs> the most so the one. SBC, so this is the Southern Baptist Convention. So I believe they have an annual conference. Yes. Let's so let's move on to our our theological <laughs> conference mm, representative so, um, in Israel to tell us. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> Southern <laughs> Baptist Convention has a convention once a year, and it's called the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. Um, and essentially all all the churches, because the SBC is a Baptist association, so it's not actually like a denomination as such like a Methodist um, Presbyterian or Anglican it's just three churches that choose to voluntarily work together so they send um, members to go to the convention and get updates from different organizations for example they have the International Missions Board which sends out missionaries to North America but also to other parts of the world they have the Evangelical ERLC I'm trying to remember what it stands for uh, evangelical religious ethics the ethics and religious liberty commission yeah, that's the I one knew yes. ethics was in there. i'm <laughs> ding, just ding, so ding, used ding, to the ding, acronym ding. i forgot yeah so <laughs> yeah that's it and they will give a report on some more on that and that's more like their lobbying <clears throat> their lobbying side for politics essentially um they have people from seminaries so albert moller will present on the southern baptist theological seminary lots of presentations and reports um some resolutions will be made so they'll try and sometimes so last year they made a um, racial reconciliation um, what's the word again I just said it reconciliation racial resolution, resolution. <laughs> the three us wow yeah so they made a resolution 
they were light really on Charlottesville, even though it's a bit watered down, yeah. but it was sort of like, you know, we are, we are opposed to racism and, and so on and so forth. So to make resolutions like that, catch up with business um, and generally like, you know, I don't know, network and mm. build connections and encourage each other. Um, so this year, Mike Pence was, I don't think he was invited. I think he actually he, yeah. asked he to speak. Who's yeah, Mike Pence? the VP office reached out. Man, Mike Pence Mike is the Pence. vice president of the United States of yes. America. He's the vice president of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, don't, I haven't got like the full, his full speech yeah. in terms of, yeah. I haven't, but I've heard some kind of segments of it. Yeah. So what did you guys think of it in terms of a politician uh, speaking at such events? What do you think about that generally? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to our political correspondent in Egypt. Who's that? Oh, <laughs> flip no, I'm not. He really said, "Who's that?" You know? <laughs> Who's that, mate? Um, yeah. So it, again, it's, it comes down to this: the topic, church and state. I okay. guess mm. as to you know, in what uh, capacity, if if ever, can a statesman address a church assembly congregation? Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike Pence being the vice president of America alone is controversial mm. right because he's in an administration that seems to be quite divisive yeah that's just some context as to like probably why this is also caused some waves as well but nonetheless just him being a statesman a politician is is enough for discussion to be had because it's a constant like debate um so mike pence offered to speak now i guess i'm more in, like intuitively i'm more concerned than i am like happy that it happened mm. Right, because you are wondering on what grounds or what right does he have to address um, the uh, the Southern Southern Convention in the church setting? Now, Israel, mm. am I right in saying that this this assembly was akin to a church setting? It's it's ministers. Right. It's so I mean the SBC isn't a church, so but it represents church. church. But it's made up of church leaders. Fine. Yeah. Fine. So there could be like five hundred churches in there. Yeah, so and by being there, you're right. representing that church. So right. Like so you, if you go churches. on behalf of your congregation, you're going on behalf of your. So that's, of your that's, church. The that's same churches. way you're leading them as a as a pastor and so on. So is it the same to, as him going to like a local church, for example? I would say so because okay. he's, he, you're going to the religious leaders of this denomination. Yeah. Um. You're effectively going to the denomination, but they just have representatives present there. Because this is key, because. If it was a local church, I, I'd be, I'd be vehemently probably know. But I thought, is it because it's a convention, more like a business meeting, that they have deemed it as acceptable? But even if it say it was the latter, that it was a business convention, mm. even that there's still questions. So I read an article, yeah, um, which was like clearly against Mike Pence appearing. Was it Gospel Coalition? It was TGC. Yeah, Jonathan Newman. Yeah, Jonathan Newman. My guy was, Capitol but my guy was saying a lot though. He was saying a lot, and you know, it's hard to not agree. There's some points which I'm like probably less strong but there's points where I'm like you know what that's kind of true I think my main point though because when I heard it I had this thought in mind and I saw him refer to it, I thought okay maybe it has some basis is that again what grounds or what right does Mike Pence have to speak hmm. to those people um, is it is it in any way because he's vice president and if so is that an acceptable grounds for him to address the convention it's a bit of it because he's a professional believer as well so I think if he wasn't, if he was an unbeliever, for example, now, hmm. and he asks to speak, yeah. there's a no. Like, what, what, what do you have to say? So if, but, it's beca- is it, if it's because he's a Christian slash vice president, sl- so he's fifty-fifty. I think it's, it's a bit I of both. I, I think, I think, 
if it was him as a I think there are ways basically I think there are ways the SBC could have approached it if they wanted to invite him that would have shown that they were inviting him because he's a Christian not because they want to gain political power so if it was a, if it was because of a Christian they could have brought him and just interviewed him about his Christian faith brought no politics whatsoever into the conversation which is what the How did you become, author refers to he says you know there, there are spaces where politicians mm. can speak to you know christians and it could right. be a space where a christian politician is you know sort of just addressing how he um you know um uh balances work right. and faith in that environment how to be a christian right. in capitol right. hill but if yeah. he's gone how there, to love the lord and, seem, and serve and him it seems though he's gone there and he's sort of rallied slightly yeah i've yeah. got like the last maybe 50 words he says and he says i know of your strong support and prayers with donald trump in the white house and god's help we will make america safe again We'll make America prosperous again, and to borrow a phrase, we'll make America great again. Now the issue is this: <sighs> come on. Now, now that alone is quite divisive because yeah. you are assuming the church's political position. The church yes. shouldn't really have. The church yes. shouldn't have a political position. But if Mike Pence, eighty-one percent of evangelicals listen, they did vote for Trump, though. So well, they are a well, and the Bible doesn't. The Bible doesn't tell you to reload, reload. DJ hit the re- the Bible doesn't say vote Trump or not vote Trump. Mm. The Bible gives you freedom to make mm. a choice. But if, yes. yeah. if by him appearing is sort of assuming the church position that they are for Trump, mm. so those who are against him mm-hmm. in the church then feel uncomfortable and now are divided by false boundaries. Yeah. Then... I remember, I, th- I think it was um, Mark Dever who said... Um, so, because Mark, so Mark Dever is a pastor Again, Capitol in Capitol Hill, Hill yes. um, Capitol Hill Baptist Church, yeah, and Capitol. he's like down the road, literally from the White House, kind of like mm. Capitol Hill. And um, he, so people were asking him, you know, have you ever told anyone in your congregation, like which who you vote for in in um, elections and what party you generally support? And he says he doesn't reveal any of that because he recognizes that even though, to, in a sense, the church obviously is political, you can't ever be apolitical mm. completely, mm. but it says it's important for the church not to be partisan. And he was saying that if you go in with the idea that our church is Republican, which is essentially what, you know, Pence has said, mm. and those who cheered at the end of the speech are affirming, mm. you're basically saying to be part of our church is not just enough for you to be Christian, mm. you need to be Republican, Republican Christian, which yeah. means people who are Democrats and who are very strongly, you know, democratic socialists mm, and so on, who mm, are going to mm. feel as though this church excludes them, exactly. which shouldn't be the case for the church. It's not that you should all agree all of a sudden, but anybody should be able to say, I'm going to go to this church. There are people who disagree with me politically, but we are serving a God that transcends our politics. Mm, yeah. mm. When you mix religion and politics, you get politics. You get po- and really, like... You do. A side point, footnote, you know, is it more beneficial for him to be under sound teaching as opposed to almost be delivering teaching? Sit in the ministers? pew, man. Go and sit, sit down. So Let's can, talk to you. you know what I mean? So you can... Um, Let's talk to you. even reminds <laughs> no, me of, honestly. like, um, bring it closer to home, redeemed churches when every year they would have Festival Ooh, of Life. Cameron's been there. Boris Johnson's been there. I think Theresa May's been there. Theresa May's been at Jesus' house. Jesus' house. Theresa May's been at Jesus' house. run-ups to the... Cameron's been to Jesus' house as well. Like, these people go to these churches because they know they're going to get the... And of course, it's a great, it's great for the churches to be like, wow, like, David Cameron, he came to our, he came to our gathering. You know, he he might even pray with us for 30 minutes, but why are you giving them platforms? Sit down. Mm. Like, what are you doing there? Yeah. Um, I remember reading, uh, well, I've been reading, I've been following, if you don't follow this guy, by the way, you should follow him on Twitter, um, Dr. Anthony Bradley. Oh, Anthony, New York, um, the King's College. King's College in New York, uh, right? In New York City, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anthony, he's like got him. good stuff. Um, <laughs> but he's been talking about 
the quiet exodus that's been happening in evangelicalism. The quiet exodus. And he's saying that the way the way evangelicalism, especially white evangelicalism, is behaving, those from minorities are quietly just walking out because what they don't realize is in their place of power, they're actually saying constantly in multiple ways that we value our power and our prestige, um, our privilege and our advancement more than we value your concerns um, and welfare. Mm. And we're going to always pick the power over you mm. every time you mm. get the choice. Mm. And so people are going to walk away because if they feel unheard, that they feel um, like the issues aren't seriously considered, why should we stay? I mean, and, it, and it was like that anywhere. Mm. If we're talking about just, okay, look, even in politics, that's the easiest place to see it. If a, if a party's like, yeah, we are for black people, but then they go against all the concerns of black people, black folk can go vote for you next election. Mm. That's yeah. just not going to happen. Mm. And if the church does the same thing, people say, I'm going to find another church because yeah. you say you care, but never, whenever you're given the choice to show you care, you choose not to. And until you do that, that quiet exodus will just continue, which is a shame. Um, but I feel like white evangelicals need to wake up and see that quickly. I mean, it definitely true. I mean, there are some black evangelicals, Republicans, perhaps who also like dismiss the injustice suffered by their mm. black liberal bro- Christian brothers because they hold their political position almost more than their Christian position. And it's even, I mean, it's a minor, it's, uh, uh, the bigger picture is that white evangelical Republicans perhaps are not as sensitive to their black Christian brothers and sisters but I guess it's even even like subplot black republicans are not as sympathetic to their black liberals who are Christians as much mm. as they should be mm-hmm. and also the t- temptation as that article referred to in TGC of political access of what you're referring to yeah. so like if you have Pence as your like advocate in the White hmm. House you know to what end would he be you know are you going to keep that political Relationship. access you yeah. Know yeah. so what you know because it will come to a point where uh, maybe a bill has been signed or um, a policy being put in place which goes against scripture possibly or at least it's debatable but you as a church need to have a firm position because mm. we know what our position is because mm. of scripture um, but if Pence is taken perhaps the other side which is anti-scripture is it because Pence is vice president we would ignore scripture and just hold on mm. to his sort of you know coattails and and, and and you know and agree with him or you know is there going to be a firm division in saying you know what we can sever this friendship now because we're not going to go against scripture. Yeah. You put yourself in a sticky situation because, um, you, you know, that church, who knows what benefits you could gain by having him as a, you know, your sort of rep in terms of, you know, who knows? I know sort of remuneration benefits, who knows? Access, contacts, you know, he's a, he's a vice president. Yeah. So you don't want to, don't want the world to look into the church and think that we get muddled up and mixed up in those murky waters of politics and power Mm. Um, and so our message is distorted. So I think just for wisdom, just yeah, I think even at the the during his speech, I think he spoke he spoke uh, largely about kind of Trump's what Trump has brought into the organization. I think he spoke about um, there was two Christians who were kidnapped, and mm. as a result of Trump's um, getting involved, they were rescued. And he spoke about kind of the economic benefits that Trump has brought about. And of course, so to them, it's like these are this is a Christian man, and he's actually bringing forward some some Christian. Uh, benefits in the white house so so do you guys don't think churches should be like affiliated with a political party or, or a specific politician so let's say no. you've got let's say you've got jim the politician in your church now mm. and he's mm. part of x party yeah. you don't think the church should jim should never canvas on a sunday on the pulpit 
I don't want to pulpit, but let's say he's just a he's just a member of the church. I think so. Afterwards, he's just yeah. he's just hand, he's just handing out his his pamphlets. Uh, I would I would probably be against any form of canvassing in the church because you don't want it anyway attach because in your in the house of God you're, it's a sacred place it's a building but when you're in God's people God is amongst us or God mm-hmm. is with us it's sacred mm-hmm. and you wouldn't want as me being Jim to try and use that as a lever to get them on my side mm-hmm. even if you know I, I say it's not it's careful the perception you know we're in church just had a sermon just mm-hmm. sang hymns we're now leaving. Oh, by the way, Sister Mary, here's a tract. Here's my leaflet, you know. Uh, well, for, for me, me, this coming. Uh, I would say you, you wolf, you, you <laughs> wolf, slippery you know? snake. Maybe not wolf, <laughs> but you know. It's, I, this called his Christian brother, wolf, you know. <laughs> Honestly. But I would say, I would say Be that's, careful. Re- that's that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You have options, man. You have options, you know. Like, But then that could be an option. It's just, he's, so, he's not forcing you to work for him. He's just saying, hey, here's my face. You know, you've heard they, I'm a politician. They're aware. They know he's a politician you know they're aware they know what okay does. i think um don't what, in church. <laughs> that's one option i think the other option that probably would work which i i lean towards is um having both major parties present if you're going to do anything relating to politics so if so elections are coming up so i know i know a few churches in in the church of england do this probably because they have good buildings that work but <laughs> <laughs> um they they'll do um, general election hustings where they would just like get oh, okay like each uh, representative sorry the the candidate for each party who's running for the seat to come and they'll have a Q&A where anyone in the public can ask them questions and they have to defend their side but in that instance obviously no one leaves the church thinking ah oh, this church is definitely you know pro-conservative or labor they're left mm. thinking this church thinks politics is important important enough to have a conversation but clearly not taking a side and they want us to approach it um, with, you know, due consideration and so on. And also doing things like, and I know um, a few churches in London did this, talks that are based on how to think about politics mm. as opposed to telling them what to, to think, think about yeah. politics. That's a good one as well. Um, and stuff like that. But essentially it's, it's, it's saying things along the lines of what Edgem was saying in terms of the, there needs to be a certain amount of distance between the church and um politicians and jamar tisby in in um the pastor mike episode on on mike pence said it as called it and i'm sure he got it from i don't know he got it from actually what am i saying he said he called it prophetic distance said in in order for the church to have a prophetic witness there needs to be a prophetic distance there needs to be a a a a gap that allows them to speak to the um, politicians either to promote the good or to speak against the evil. We need to be on the mountains, looking down <laughs> on the, down on Babylon, oh and bringing God's judgment. Let yeah. justice flow like waters. Righteousness. <laughs> but you're right, though. I agree. Yeah. I mean, if it, if we're if we're running in the politics, like running. like like was said, then when a politician does something that is clearly against scripture we're tied in mm. and we're not far enough for us to be like oh mm. hold on yeah we, we have to speak against this but we're right in the yeah, mix that's of a it as well. mm. we've 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 laid our bed and now we're going to sleep in it and mm. it's like whoa it's it, that was our our own doing yeah yeah even like the, just the immigration uh bill that came this week and um what's the general attorney's name sessions i think yes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quoted yeah. romans 14 yeah. and and now you're thinking okay that's the republican party 
they just believe you know pulling um, families away from yeah. children and children yeah. from parents and now you might think and Mike Pence was just at the SBC does the yeah. SBC believe this yeah. and now you're politically mm. affiliated and I think that's yeah. an issue that you should yeah. definitely be concerned with so yeah prophetic distance indeed um, so yeah so last week there was the Gospel Coalition's women's event um, so this happens every year it's really good so various speakers are there from uh, Beth Moore to Jackie Hill Perry to Jasmine Holmes Karen Ellis Karen Ellis mm. and yeah there's loads of people so this year uh, the Legacy which are like an organisation they have like a conference slash concert every year in July in Chicago they um they, they were hosting a special gathering for women of colour at the Gospel Coalition uh, conference this year so they said we hope this gathering will create a space for women of colour to address particular concerns and issues uh, you know small groups Groups. hosting this together will allow them to have sisters of color being the minority of a rent uh, designed for them so you know cultivating a space essentially for women of color to, to talk and about their wins the issues yeah. that they have in the church or whatever or just even just a, a time of great kind of encouragement there was a lot of backlash as you could imagine a lot of people had genuine concerns <laughs> genuine concerns of why is this happening at a conference why is there a women only not, not sorry women of color only session so they actually said um, that women, even though they, they would have loved to have uh, people, white people or, or, or different uh, heritages there, they thought, heritages, that's wrong, uh, they thought it would be better just because they didn't want the white people basically to, to dominate, that mm. it would just be a woman of colour. So so what do you guys think of that in terms of, is that actually biblical, having a woman of colour only event? I'm going to hand over to our uh, <laughs> resident uh, yeah, Minister of Integration, uh, Culture Education, <laughs> Mr. Israel Kolodi. <laughs> Um, I I am generally for it. Um, I've been trying to think as hard as possible about this, and I so I lean. If I were to place myself in on a scale of agreement, mm-hmm. I am seventy five percent there. So I'm definitely in the camp of yes. Uh-huh. I don't think I'm like you know clicking fingers yes. I like so for this, but mm. I definitely don't think. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not against it. Main reason. So, for example, one 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 important reason is um, having events that speak to the particular issues of a particular group is is fine. Yeah. Um, it is not as a, it's not it's not that there's a necessary mandate to do it, but that is it's in wisdom, it's plausible and acceptable and common sense, I guess, to do it. So for example, we have women's conferences mm-hmm. because we understand that a woman's experience is unique enough to warrant um, tailored talks regarding the experience and going through scripture and seeing how the scripture speaks to that particular experience, um, which is why we don't look down on women's conferences, which is why even on in generic conferences we will have for example a workshop on latin american ministry so the gospel coalition will have an event on how okay how do we apply the gospel to latin america Mm -hmm. because the spanish experience is markedly different to the generic north american experience Mm. and by and large tgc is dominated by north american culture and if a hispanic person from new mexico goes to the event they will benefit from it, yes, but there are still so many differences that they will experience that it makes sense for us to say, let's have a workshop focused on addressing the Hispanic community in America, for example. Yeah, but but I think the issues, for example, in your like uh, Latin America kind of mission and focusing on Latin America and the Spanish group, white people and people of other races can still partake. 
Whereas this one is literally a women, like women of color only event. It wasn't like, oh, Sally and Carla, do you want to come inside and we're gonna Mary, have a Maria, your tone suggests that you're not for it. What's your <laughs> nah. I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to stir the pots. Okay, the as a cooked. woman of color, but Mary. like I just I I get what you're saying, but mm. I think I, it's actually quite I, I understand the argument that it's quite separatist because mm. women couldn't even white women couldn't even pop their head in and say oh, what's this about whereas in most mm. events where for example you focus on pregnant mothers or you might even have a, a talk about uh, men in ministry you, you never kind of exclude people from the other group from not attending um, how I feel about it in my personal opinion is I don't actually think it was that deep um, but mm. I, and I think I think when I read when I initially heard it because I know a lot of people were like oh this is what because I think one of, the, one of the, the points talks about a safe space and they're like what's safer than a church like why mm. do you need a safe space are you scared of us um, but yeah. when I actually read into it I, I understood what I understood what they were actually trying to do they were actually trying to get women of colour who are the minority at this women conference you go and imagine I think it's like 8,000 people yeah. and like 6,000 yeah. people are white Yeah. Um, and so they wanted to actually get women of colour in one room just to talk about their, their shared experiences and I think that is quite important because of course we're all believers we're all Christian women but my experience may be vastly different to a white person but my experience might be quite similar to this black sister who's in Chicago and I'm in Atlanta mm-hmm. and we can actually talk about our struggles maybe in church maybe in ministry maybe parenting maybe having black children like all these different things and, and so I understood why they would I, I see the benefit of them coming together um but i do understand the concerns that people may have especially in this racially divided mm-hmm. america mm-hmm. what do you think Jimsky? obviously i always speak generally like i'm not <coughs> against the idea of having you know um such a meeting as, as long as you know it isn't divisive and it isn't like you know fully separatist i don't i think when i mean fully separatist i mean like that that so the workshop or whatever that only had women of color in it I think you know the fellow white sisters, other sisters, of other colors should be able to, um, to to learn from it one way or the or another. Whether it's some just as feedback to them, you know, their yeah, experiences, something. So there isn't, so there isn't. They're not working siloed. Church is a body, a unit. So we're working together. I mean, that's why we, we that's why we have Black Berea, right? Because you know, despite being part of the the Church Universal, um, Black people, um. In our everyday experiences, of course, Christianity um, uh, can look a bit different in terms of how 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 grace applies onto our lives in terms of how we respond to situations in the world. So, um, and that is usually compounded by the fact that we are black, especially when we face you know a world um, uh, in such where as where we're in now in Britain, for example, where we're the minorities. Um, a lot of things a lot of attacks a lot of um, f- forms of persecution have racial undertones to it right because we're black um so the white christian will have persecution equally but without that racial undertone right and so he wouldn't his response would be different to our response to it because we would also need to um respond to that racial aggression in some you know at, mm. at times so there is a different experience that the black christian has so to suggest that everyone is has this, has the same experience in the world would be would be um would be a big assumption and would yeah. just be a bit negligent you know to not be empathetic enough to realize that no everyone's the same and mm. and it's already so simple that even mm. your race can be a, a reason for persecution coupled you know compounded by the fact that you're a Christian mm. um and so 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against it, but I, I, I am, I am very, I'm careful though because I have white brothers and sisters, so I'm careful not to, again, put walls with them, which put walls up between our relationship and fellowship because of my race. Our Christianity does transcend that, um, but doesn't mean it, it, you know, it, it, it ignores the, 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 the racial differences. Um, so convos need to be had with everyone in the picture. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the the point you made about um, the sort of uniqueness of the black experience and then the black Christian experience um, was something I thought about when I saw. So I looked at some of the responses on Twitter, and almost there I was the almost. Yeah, was was, was I yes. Ah, oh, I don't know um, if it was. I don't know if it was. Was it was it legit? FBI. But so the FBI, I'm sh- so the FBI has to rep- um, contact any event that they get an inkling of, even the potential of like disruption or um Rabbi. the effects of like any event they think you know people might not be safe um and i can't remember if In it was church. if it was that the if it was that <laughs> the that event that. people were deemed as not safe and were going to be disruptive or they were being told you guys might be disrupted okay then, so I, I, I can't remember which way Could've it was allowed. around but Could've either way it's still like i mean if it's if it's the women of color being told you guys are going to be disruptive that's that's you know an offense. I'm not surprised. If if, if they're being told someone is going to come and disrupt you, <laughs> that's an offense. Either way, uh, I think that's crazy. That um, is crazy. I think that's crazy. But it just you just you got this idea that the black queen, the black female experience isn't super unique. It's like yeah, we get it. You're yeah black black, yeah, but yeah, it's black, not. Is it that unique that it warrants its own event? And actually, what you said, Mary, was really good. Which is actually trying to heightened my position and made me a bit more rock solid in it mm. in terms of like making <laughs> now it's 85 percent <laughs> <laughs> making it women making it black women only actually ensured that black women attended yeah because yeah like he's actually that was a very good point in terms of like white people could have easily taken 50 percent of that space and then there's like another group who don't get to talk about the experience that they are still experiencing and feeling anyway so by making it black women's only is sort of like trying to ensure that as many women of color can attend so that they can have the issues met with because they are the ones who it di- most directly affects mm. it's just tough because you've got to make sure you need you check these events as well yeah. so you don't want to get caught up in so much sauce at these black only events that you forget you're christian first you're christian <laughs> first but not that you know our blackness should be ignored but you so that so you remember constantly to look through your blackness through the christian lens yeah because there's many different conversations, different dialogues when it's about race. You can get caught up in the black source. Before some hotel person just... And then like, someone let just Let me see what we can talk about this event. Sneaks <laughs> in. And all of a sudden, you're venerating your black race to divinity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when, I think, of course... I'm not saying they went that No, far, of course not. But, just after, like, but yeah. I think in pursuing unity, you know that, let's say, for example... Uh, Felicia, who is probably classic. Felicia. Let's, say, let's assume she's probably what? Let's assume Felicia's black. <laughs> stereotyping, stereotyping. <laughs> like I do with Carla and Sally. Ah. But let's, you, you're, in, in pursuing unity, you should have this hope that Felicia attends this event, she meets other black Christian sisters, but an hour later, she's fellowshipping with her white sister, yes. she's fellowshipping with her Spanish mm. sister, and we know that the preeminent, the prominent desire you have is the gospel. Yes. Uh, and that's the umbrella uh, above which all of this uh, stands below. So, I, and I think that's the hope. And yeah. I think that's probably what Gospel Coalition were trying to encourage. But I don't know. I think for me, it was just really interesting because it was like, wow, people are really 
affected by this like i was reading the tweets and people are like this is so divisive mm. why are we doing this do we not see the dangers and i'm just like well also there's a duty on the white sisters to like step back and just have them to think could it actually be a valid thing that they're doing maybe they just mm. some people sometimes just respond without trying to understand yeah why this could be and it was one thing. out of like 15 sessions it wasn't like mm. we're gonna have 15 <laughs> sessions of black 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 it was just one session out of 15 yeah. um i don't know it's work to be done man yeah in the racing church mm. okay i'm gonna do a quick plug so yesterday was father's day yes uh, we literally just dropped a video that video celebrating so fatherhood mm. it's quite emotional you know it's celebrating emotional. fatherhood uh uh so yeah so blackberry.com or youtube uh blackberry i've got features our very own Richard, Richard and some other brothers, Eden. fathers in there sharing their experience of being a father, being a black father, mm. how to love their wives, how to be an excellent husband and father. So that's no, really good. So yeah. watch that if you can. How did you guys find Father's Day? I'm just going to... Chuck it in. <laughs> just going to chuck that in. When you think of Father's Day, I don't know what kind of things come to mind. As you say, what happened literally yesterday for us or <laughs> the idea of church, Father's Day? You came home, you had some... <laughs> I'm you know, just... <laughs> just generally just trying to get your thoughts generally oh i think it's a good celebration mm. i mm-hmm. think it's important to recognize um the structure that god has put in place um in the created order um that he has made fathers mm-hmm. um and you know in the bible you have um a picture of fatherhood that's designed for the full flourishing of humans and when engaged in completely is actually a beautiful mm. glorious thing to see and it's amazing when you see that exacted out in the world um but obviously there's also with father's day um a certain amount of pain that comes for a lot of people yeah who either didn't grow up with a father or <clears throat> have negative experiences with their father um or just tragedy around fatherhood in general that makes it hard because it reminds them of the fallen world they live in that you know there is this beautiful picture um this glorious picture of fatherhood and the one i see in experience so in reality is far from that standard and then that gap between the two creates a pain and to- and um just sorrow in the heart yeah um and at that point you know it's it can be very hard for people um i mean the same with mother's day as well um and it's so i think it's a i i'm glad we have think, something like father's day um but i think it's important for us to approach it with a robust knowledge of how it's received yeah. across the board yeah because I, I think of course you know mother's day is always heralded as like mm. the biggest event mm. of the year like mm. mother, everyone goes harder for mother's day and mm. i think father's day it tends to be quite ridiculed actually i know it doesn't happen as much but I remember a few years ago someone would be like happy father's day and they upload a picture of their mum and be like you no one could have you know it's just yeah. a lot of times you're just you're just going yeah. in on how you know the absent dads and you need to do better and it, sometimes it even crosses into the church where you've got preachers mm. just killing fathers mm. um, and, and there's no sense of like space for grace and actually to encourage and admonish the present fathers and really to extol them and, and to be encouraged by them um, and I think yesterday was really a good reminder of just of course, great fathers that we have in the church and, and lo- loving on them and encouraging them and also just remembering kind of your adoption in, as, as a heavenly father mm-hmm. that you have and the fact that God is a father to the fatherless. And, and no, I, I agree with you in terms of the benefits of Father's Day, mm. aside from just buying your dad slippers. 
That's why I bought my dad this year. The slippers. What about you, Ajim? No, I think it's up. We talk about this, like even Father's Day and this year of Father's mm. being Black Bria because you know in the Black community, you know there is there is this, you know issue tension about fathers and a lot of fatherless homes, and just the and sadly just because you're in a Christian context doesn't always mean that there is a father as well. You know, I mean, mm. especially our generation. Um, our parents, you know, so us being Christians, yeah, young Christians in the UK, a lot of us probably suffer from, you know, fatherless homes and we're now hoping to be, grow up to be fathers in homes. So we're starting to see people like Richard and other brothers in that video mm. who would be that, gen- that new generation of strong Christian fathers in homes trying to, um, you know, um, undo this, 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 you know, uh, this, 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 this almost plague in our, you know, community. Um, but you know, I, I obviously I, I know many that have you know that didn't particularly enjoy yesterday, and many that did enjoy yesterday. It's unlike Mother's Day, which is almost you know hundred percent, you know, success rate in terms of yeah, you know, response on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I didn't grow up with, with my dad, um, no contact really. So it's 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 not an emotional time. I don't, I don't flood it, not in a flood of tears. But you do realize there's a void there, which actually God ordained for there to be a feeling, a person there. But of course. God is gracious in that he provides fathers, whether it be through other male figures in the church or mm. in your family. And he's ultimately gracious because he provides himself mm. to be a father. Um, and likewise, like, it's important we, we hold on to that because, you know, these things could be, you know, reasons for, you know, um, going into, you know, um, um, despondency and despair and depression because you wonder about love and who acceptance, la, 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 la. And they're all valid concerns, but you must remember that there's always hope. Um, so Father's Day, when it is a touch of sadness for the Christian, don't dismiss that sadness, but be thankful that God fills that, that sadness and that void. And ultimately that, you know, there'll be no such thing as a fatherless home, you know, when we're in eternity. And even on this earth, when we grow up to be fathers, mm-hmm. men of valor, as my um, church used to say, but ultimately men of the word, men of the scripture. Um, so yeah, it's a good day because father or no father, Remember God and His example. Mm. Mm. That was really good, man. Yeah. yeah you future fathers, Lord willing. <laughs> future <laughs> yeah. daddy. Um, so, 14th of June was uh, the year anniversary of the Grenfell Tower, uh, where 72 victims uh, sadly lost their lives uh, because of a 24 story block fire that happened in North Kensington, I believe. Mm. And yeah, so this week there's just been a lot of documentaries. I, I watched a few docu- documentaries myself. There's been a lot of articles. I think the, the inquiry is just officially kicked off i think which is mm-hmm. been uh commissioned by Theresa may and i think it's been led by sir matthew something mm. um so yeah what do you guys think has been done by the way of seeking justice after the year do you think a lot has been done after a year Edwin's put his got his hand over, over his mouth oh no it's just gonna israel just <laughs> um it, do you think a lot has been done after the year oh yeah did, it went really quickly actually it flew by it, i remember it i remember it was mm, in june but yeah. I, I, it just mm. it literally came by quite quickly um if i'm right i think something like 250 million has already been spent wow the inquiry. um on grandfall in total in terms of like rehousing yeah and oh, so right. two-thirds of that 250 has been rehousing or housing issues in general um and about 80 something I think like 83 families and again I think it's important to, I think, I said, sorry I've said this a million times but this topic it's important we talk about it not just because it's been one year but mm. it's recently I saw a video like of a panel talking about panel not dissimilar from our demographic talking about Grenfell yeah and I think like a lot of conclusions we share with 
with others about you know what should be done but I think how we get there is always murky mm. so mm-hmm. I think you know Dr. Israel happy that we, the, the listeners can hear your like I said hey, doctor <laughs> coming soon coming soon wow we pray so you know so. <laughs> oh my and if you want to fund it oh um, my, my email you is always want someone to fund something for you free feel to contact me just and to just be a patron contact blackberry.gmail.com first I will happily accept <laughs> Any donations? Um, yeah. So do you think a lot has been done after the year? So you spoke about two hundred fifty. Yeah. Million. So two hundred fifty mil um, has been spent already, and about two thirds of that has been on housing issues. Um, most of that being rehousing. So about eighty something families have been rehoused. There's still about sixty who are in emergency accommodation. Um, that means and so hotels and that. Yeah. 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 And so things are being done. Um, the question I think everyone's trying to ask is is it being done quick enough? And has the response been one that that shows the government to not have a bias in terms of the people affected? So here's mm-hmm. the question. If this was the building of a set of aristocrats, same number of people, would it take this long? Is mm-hmm. the question. Yeah. And I actually think that's harder than we would like to think because um, a lot of people are saying it's still too long and I and I and I feel that as well in terms of like this is this is going slower than it than it most likely could because when politicians want to act they can act mm. um, but at the same time I, I I'm trying to exercise some humility here because I know there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that I don't see or pe- like the public doesn't see um, by the way of politics and whatever like Theresa May is doing or whatever deal she's trying to um, broker I I possibly couldn't see and all I see is the outcomes Um, so maybe I want to be somewhat gracious and say you know what I can't see everything Mm. I am thankful that stuff has been done and I would like for it to be quicker Um, but I almost want to like withhold judgment on the politicians acting in this instance yeah I I agree with you I think I, I think I watched a documentary that BBC had. I think it was called Grenfell a year on. I may be wrong. Mm. But they spoke about just the time it t- it took to do things. And even Elizabeth Campbell, which I think is she's one of the Tory party leaders. Edwin will probably confirm because he's a politics guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she just spoke about just, well, of course, there was a change in the leadership because I think the, mm. the ex-man <clears throat> resigned. Mm. Um, and just, I remember a lot of the, the victims, victims' families were saying it took such a long time for them to even find out if, if they their their family had even passed away and mm. there was a lot of kind of detail around just the the hard work it had to go into kind of to try and recover that building and get all the the fibers and all the you know the bones and all these different things and i think of course i understand what you're saying in terms of if these if these were rich white people would this be completely different but i mm. think it is quite difficult in in north kensington in terms of the the leaderships labor and tory and then just trying to understand actually what happened. It was quite a horrific incident that no one really predicted. And as we're saying, a year has gone has gone so fast. That's the same for them. Um, mm. So I think I think I'm quite happy that the inquiry is going on. I think I read today that they're looking to kind of fire safety measures and and what was was there any kind of sufficient fire checks that that took place? Mm. And already people are saying no. Um, and I think with inquiries, you do have to be quite quite patient and 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 hopeful that 
something will happen, people will be held accountable and, yeah. and people will hopefully be rehoused. But of course, yeah. we, we thank God for the media who kind of keep us, well, hmm. depending on what media you're into, <laughs> who keep us kind of abreast of what's happening. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, make no bones about it. Like, Grenfell was a, a national disaster, a national mm. tragedy. It really was. And I'll say this because it's the truth. I think the public have every right to be angry. Um mm-hmm at what happened at, at Grenfell Tower. Um, it's it's very strange and very sad in that a fire in the kitchen of a 4-4 flat was able to spread around a 23-floor building yeah. mm. so quickly and consume that building. It's likely that the 72 are are just those who were able to record and hold and have um, accounted on our systems, mm-hmm. local authorities and schools. But it's likely because of the type of demographic that was in in that tower block, there were many of those who were not on national systems or any kind, who were perhaps migrants, immigrants rather, who came to the country and and perhaps didn't have papers, likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard to then give an accurate number um, where you have nothing to work um, with. <clears throat> now, I mean, I mean, a big part of the discussion about Grenfell is apportioning blame. Who do we blame? Can we blame? And what should the punishment be? Looking at Grenfell, it's hard. It is really hard to, when you look at the facts as to why the fire was able to spread so fast and cause such destruction and devastation. It's hard to see some of the um, the uh, the findings from the inquiry so far, and not feel that someone is to blame. Mm-hmm. So, for example, just a few things: the doors, flat doors in Grenfell, were found not to be. Um, uh, fire resistant enough to our current standards. Hmm. The smoke evac um uh, the smoke um uh, uh the smoke evaction not evaction the evacuation smoke, thing. No, it's no, smoke um, the smoke smoke alarm smoke. The smoke oh, the um, system that lets smoke so, leave the yeah, building. So the, okay. The smoke extraction system yes, was okay. found to be um not working. Hmm. The wet rinser. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to flat sheet something called a wet rinser. It's yeah. usually hid behind glass. So firefighters usually have access to water, whatever floor they have, when they touch the, touch the hose of their rinser. Okay. That's found to be not working also. Um, wow. And obviously on top of all, all, everything, we know that the cladding, it's aluminium plates, right, mm. were, had a plastic core in the middle. Um, and so the fire was able to catch. And because the material was so combustible, it just, it literally almost exploded around the flat. Yeah. This material was shown to be, um, uh, was, was shown to be not... Um, uh, deemed deemed to be accepted for use uh, in Germany. Germany refused to use such materials for their own buildings, and so that adds the question: Why do we use it for our buildings? Mm. Is it a case of cost? And if it was cheap, why do we use the cheap stuff on that flat when this is Chelsea and Kensington Borough? Yeah, you know, and and we could easily have afforded more expensive, more safe um, equipment around to renovate these flats. And so you have questions about inequality. Why did we not listen to these people in the flats? Is it because that most of them were BMEs? Is it because they were mm. people of colour? Is it because they were poor? Yeah. Even in Chelsea and Kensington, did we neglect those who were most disadvantaged? And so anger starts to swell up, right? Mm. It comes to catch fire, to, to carry on with the metaphor. And then also then you wonder, who are those in charge of making sure that that flat should have been fireproof and fire safe? the local authority, Chelsea Kensington Borough, the Royal Borough Chelsea, Chelsea and Kensington, are they accountable? And for me, if I was a politician, a leader of the council, or even just, you know, in, in the council, it would be difficult not to feel responsibility 
for yeah. what happened at Grenfell. I'm not I'm not yet at a point where someone needs to go to prison because for that needs to be a criminal in you know from me you know yeah. a criminal intent and I have not that far to say that they wanted to kill. Some have said this is a deliberate fire, gentrification gone to the extreme. I'm not there yet. I don't think I'll get there. I think that's too far. What but about something like negligence? Because people ca- people have gone to prison for gross, negligence. So gross negligence is, yeah. is, is mm. the reason why people go to prison. You know, yeah. Like civil lawsuit. Um, and that is possible. I think I think I'm not I'm not at a point where I agree that it could be a criminal case. I don't I'm mm. not there yet. But possibly a civil one, duty of care. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a valid, valid um, course of uh, um, uh, valid um, uh, vehicle of recourse, and just the human tragedy is what we need to just remember. Mm. There's a 72 souls, at least souls gone. Mm. Yeah, right in an instant. I know a girl who's in the flat 20, 20, I think 20 or 22nd floor. Kiri Jisaye, yeah. who's mm. like you know, it's quite. She was been sort of a face of Grenfell. Went to the same sixth form together. Mm. Um, I didn't speak to her much, but I knew her. She knew me. You know, we spoke maybe once or twice. That was it. But to know someone who lived in a flat and died, and I mean, the night on the night of the fire, she was on Facebook. Yeah, asking people to asking come and people help. Asking people to her. come and help. There's a fire. Her mum. Her mum's in the house. Mm. She hours later, no response. People, were, you know, replying saying, "Are you alright, Khadija?" Later, found out she also died. So it's so it's in some ways it has touched home a bit, and so. As a Christian, you're wondering, God, how do I deal with this? Mm. Because yet again, it seems as though people that look like me have been, you know, to an extent, neglected, forgotten about to the point of death. And, you know, and so how how do I reconcile this? Um, so I think you have a right to be angry, but it's how, like, you then, you know, you then, you then thrash that out and, and think about the next step. So I think next steps is indeed to... Um, hold government account for for Grenfell I think I think you know asking questions is a good thing asking different questions to politicians is a good thing mm. um, I think you don't, you have to be fair though to allow um, the process to to, to be complete um, in terms of the inquiry um, I think they, they, there's even questions to be asked about the people on the inquiry how you know are we sure that we will get a just result with people on the mm. panel who have not experienced perhaps a life as those or identify with those in the tower block it's, it's pretty difficult the guy who's now head of inquiry is he's, he's, he was a judge I believe yeah uh, mm-hmm. you know, these people are privileged you wonder would, would they have the empathy and that's when it becomes difficult and it's such a such a sensitive issue and so tough and it's so sad um, and I guess we could just pray for those who are affected by it that's the, and, and that's, the, that's a big comfort um, um, for those, because um, God hears them, God knows their their pain and their and their needs. Um, but there was a big, 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 you know, big case of gross gross negligence yeah. at Grenfell. Yeah, even in the the documentary I watched this week, it was oh, it was so difficult. But um, I think there's there's there was one uh, member of of the family. He was talking about how his his, his wife had got out of the fire and. He, and and the way the documentary presented it, you almost thought she she was alive, yeah. and it was later found out that she was actually the seventy second victim because she I think she died maybe three to four months later, and it was just like wow. And then you had uh, one man who um, he was in Egypt, and his wife he lost his wife and two of his daughters in the fire, and he was calling, and then he had to fly straight, and then he got there and he found out his wife mm. had, had had wife and his kids had passed away. And of course, when you think about this, and you and I, there's been 
multiple talks. Um, I think they they recently did it on Question Time actually, where a few of the yeah few of the f- uh, families or people in the community were speaking up and, and asking for justice. And when I think of justice, I think of accountability. I think of responsibility. Mm. And I think, of course, the church who is someone that we 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 engage with justice. We know justice mm. quite well in the, in the theological sense. But in terms of like how do you how does the church engage with seeking justice in this context or in in their their specific context so for example let's say you're the church that you go to now or let's say you're a church in north kensington for example Mm. how do you engage with that community in seeking justice like what does that actually look like for a for a local church um i think it looks like it looks like how a lot of the churches responded immediately in the moment which was um really um acting by love and mercy so opening up the church as a shelter for those who were who had literally just come out and had nothing um providing food um somewhere to rest clothes and showing mercy to those who are vulnerable who have just been hit by this disaster um but it also looks like i think to tie it in with the previous conversation about politics and also what um Ejim said about asking difficult questions. It looks like prophetic witness mm-hmm. um, and saying, you know, and standing as a community. So a church in North Kensington, for example, being able and being willing to speak to the council and say, we want to stand with the people and ensure that you are accountable, um, that the people know that um, the church sees it as an issue of concern, um, that it's not, Christians aren't people who are all about the soul and the body doesn't matter and this life doesn't matter. We this this body matters, this life matters, and we serve in word and in deed. Mm-hmm. And we are going to serve in deed right now by being prophetic witnesses and speaking to the council and ensuring responsibility and accountability and standing with the people so they know that they're not alone in this struggle. Because mm-hmm. is it just for some council leader to have made a decision not to use? or not to find mm. or not to provide resources mm. in order to make the tower fireproof because God has appointed magistrates leaders yeah. for our protection and also for punishment of evil, evil for those who do evil and to reward those who do good mm-hmm. and that that's just rain and you have to wonder was it and so in terms of asking different questions look closely at what the the evidence that comes from the inquiry and Christians then have to ask is it is this just is it just that at this point no action was taken or this decision was taken and is there a, a linkage to the the dreadful disaster and if there is then then there is accountability who then you know then then there is I think a case for who's going to be put in trial or or the equivalent in that extent you know who's going to be you know, whose head's going to roll potentially mm. right is it, I mean Christians we can because this is justice right Mm. Yeah, so, you know the, the the we're not we're not just and we're not going to be arbitrary. We're not going to be punitive and just say someone has to die, someone has to go. We don't hate it. Like we can't be irrational about trying to find justice. You have yeah, to be mm. re- not I'm not and and insane being reasonable to find justice is. I'm not saying you have to be quiet and meek and um, be angry, but obviously don't sin as the Bible mm-hmm. says. So be angry and and ha- that anger must serve a purpose to still look to glorify God in finding justice. So. I'm angry, but I'm gonna make sure that in, in finding justice, that we do it in a way that's 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 proper and right and good and just and lovely to God, um, not in a way that just shows me to be 
angry and so now i'm you know just just spiteful and i'm showing hatred and i'm showing aggression and violence and uh you know saying just reckless things and that's what the reaction we get usually from grenfell it's sensitive you should be angry of course but do show reason because you do no one a favor you don't do the community a favor by being angry and and and, and, and in no way being constructive towards finding justice do you feel um but yeah mm. It's difficult one though. Because so, I think yeah. if you were speaking to like someone who had lost their family yeah. in the Grenfell Tower and they were saying, I need justice. How are you kind of, how would you make justice? What would, like in terms of, if you want them to see what justice looks like, how would you kind of frame that in yeah. your mind? Yeah. So I think if someone's asked me that question, I'll just be like, hopefully you guys get some sort of civil lawsuit yeah, hopefully yeah. people lose their jobs yeah. hopefully if whoever kind of um kind of the, the contractors yeah, or the, yeah. the people that represented the companies yeah. hopefully they get their own but it's hard to i don't know i don't i always wonder if no, that's sufficient right. but you have to like so you this family comes to me and say they will need justice and i some i somehow have the power to to help them yeah i'm saying you need we you need justice i agree 100 percent. now mm-hmm. what is your need right now yeah it, it, it is was there was their flat in Grenfell? Then that then he right now is to find a home, so that is incumbent on the state to provide them with a home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the state's responsibility. So then I I don't find it I'm, I don't find it outlined my Christian duty to, to lobby the government or to write to my MP or to attend hearings and to be like we need to give X and Y a home. Yeah, that's one well, as as justice. Then is it support? Mm. Is it is it you know is it um, uh, support in terms of health mental support because a lot of these mm. people would have gone through sort of trauma. especially the, the, the tool trauma yeah there was actually yeah. a, a, I think yeah. it was actually an article that came out this week sorry to cut you no, but in no, terms no, of no. there's been a lot of money uh, considered in terms of putting uh, money into like mental health mm. like therapists yeah. because a lot of people literally saw people die yeah. saw mm. lights flash saw people scream and, and for people a lot jump of people out windows, yeah. Windows, yeah. Windows, people yeah. jumping out windows and, 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 and not surviving right mm. and dying so justice isn't always that big thing we think of it it's the small things right so mm-hmm. as of now what is the just thing for you to uh to have your home is lost just find your home yeah who do you go to find a home and 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 and, and country we live in is is one in which there's usually recourse found for um a uh, majority of our um of our uh you know our uh our, our needs our our where we lack you know, it's easier to find something, a solution than it is in a third world country. So there is going to be more chance to find justice in UK. So there is a path to pursue more, more or less at the yeah. time. Um, and it, I mean, and, and as, as, you know, it's not easy as a politician. You must, because you're, 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 you're there to serve the people, right? And mm. so you must do all that you can to ensure that the people are provided with the, 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 the things that they need. And especially when it's a disaster. So when you hear people say things like, majority of people were in the flat in Grenfell weren't meant to weren't meant to be here anyway because they were legal immigrants um so they shouldn't they should you know if they weren't here they wouldn't have died um I think as a politician for example I think a just thing to do would probably be to grant everyone in that a tower who survived indefinite stay hmm. yeah I think I, was that, I, I think, think that was done, done right was that something that was done I think it was done yeah but there was still some sort of I'm not sure if it was done wholesale actually I'm not sure and I think of course there's that sort of, sort of skepticism so I could imagine if that was even granted the fear of if I go forward, are they actually gonna? Do you know what I mean? Are they gonna ruin rush me essentially? As a, exactly, because as a priority, the, the human life is 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 above your 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 citizenship at that stage yeah. because you almost died. And that's true, you know, and and that's how that's how a state can show yeah. justice. 
and as, mm. I think justice and, and mercy are very are hand in hand in a right, sense of exactly. you want to see um, a body or, or whoever is um, exacting that, that that justice being very merciful to yeah. those who have been disadvantaged. If, if exactly. you think that um, fighting against oppression, fighting against greed, fighting against corruption, fighting against evil, they should be. You, you you almost should feel like Elizabeth Campbell and, and the yeah. council are yeah. merciful to those yeah. people yeah. in the sense of, of course, if that means that we're going to move funding, if that means we're going to hold people accountable, if that means we're going to spend where we don't need to spend or take money from here to put here, there has to be that sense yes. of mercy. And I think the yes. church should love that because yeah. you think of how merciful God has been to us yeah. and, and how far he goes above and beyond. So I think we should kind of hold our um, the councils, our leadership mm. to that same thing. And it's a chance for the church also. Just one more thing to because it only has the narrative right that be it you know people of color are treated much worse than any other race in the uk mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's a space there for the church which is you know um uh conglomeration of nations from all tribes and tongues white black yellow blue to provide you know um uh, uh unequivocal support for those majority people of color in Grenfell, mm-hmm. right? Despite them being brown, black, or whatever, um, do you know what I mean? Um, and so showing themselves, showing the church to be not like the world we live in, which seems to suggest that it has this, you know, um, antagonist relationship with people of color at times. The church, we're above that, you know? And so this is another opportunity for us to extend love, um, which, which we should to the, um, to people who have, um, Mm. have been affected so what, what would you guys like to see happen by June 14th 2019 <coughs> in relation to, to Grenfell everyone housed definitely I'm sorry if it takes two years to house everyone then that's just that's disgraceful yeah I mean so I'm, I'm, I say oh, that so you, I, oh yeah by, I say by, that in, yeah, yeah I, I say that only in terms of using what they've done now as the present standard yep. mm. so I'm saying if you've housed so many people in one year I'm definitely like that at minimum really then everyone should be housed by mm-hmm. again i would like for it to be quicker but looking at what's like using past performance as a benchmark then yeah. that should that should definitely be the case um i, I what what Edgy mentioned I didn't, I didn't actually know this um in terms of grandfather um tower resident and people being given permanent residence reminded me of actually part of justice is to go above and beyond to show the concern and care um, because, and I was just thinking about like sort of the implications of people who are there who don't have residency. It complicates the situation because not only do they have to deal with the housing issue and the trauma and so on, but then that's going to be put on top of their already, you know, complicated issues of residency and so on. So actually what it looks like to seek justice and to love and mercy for them is not just to literally meet their immediate need here in terms of... Um, housing and um mental health services and so on but to say you know what this is going to complicate your already existing issues and we want to show that our passion is for your well-being and wholeness and so we're going to actually seek to solve the surrounding issues Mm. so that you can reach that wholeness you know at a quicker rate but also know that your entire personhood and all the things around you in your life are cared for so i would like to see more of that things that you know, the government highlighting or the council highlighting other factors that might complicate someone's situation and say, let's address these other needs surrounding it as well so that the people can actually be um, attended to properly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you guys think they should keep the... the, I know a lot of people have suggested renaming the closest (coughs) station, actually keeping 
the uh the tower as almost like a way to remind people of what happened like do you think they should keep those things up what do you guys think about that uh, I remember driving past it twice when there was no covering on top of it and just a black mm. symbol of death. I'm not in favour of it staying, even with covering. Um, I, I, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think they should put a memorial in the place. So almost similar to 9-11 in terms of... Towers, yeah. The one thing the government should not do... Is destroy it. Is not, not necessarily not destroy it. Oh. But new builds in that area. What do you mean? They, so, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Just, they should just leave that whole area. Under. Yeah. Okay. I get what so you're saying. So as in, so like, if you, if it, basically, I'm saying that yeah. if you want to, if you want to knock it down, I will leave that at the discretion of the council. I'm simply saying if they choose to do that, that actual space is in the, the acre needs to be a memorial. So maybe. Yeah. So and that's that's why I use the example of 9/11. The building came down, but then they didn't just like build over yeah. it. They actually yeah. set up a more in that same exact space. Yeah. When I went to New York and I went there, I was just yeah. it almost took me back. Yeah. 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 And of course you'll never forget that. And I think yeah. and it I think I could imagine for the community it's almost uh, if we get rid of this the and that happens with all humanity, that mm. that quickness to forget. Whereas this mm. will remind you mm. of of too much pain. Your duty. But I speak obviously as one who didn't lose someone mm. yeah. in the building. I was it'd be interesting what they say but it's just a lot of pain, to, mm. especially if you live next door to Grenfell. Yeah, and there's a school right, like school yeah. literally <laughs> next to it. It's yeah. and and they and they and the school has you know had to do with a lot. The just the students yeah. have had to do with a lot, and it's been very hard um, on everyone in that community. So it's been very encouraging to see people band together. And mm. also, um, just on the back to justice, mm. very quickly, we might not see justice. Right from the inquiry, mm-hmm. yeah. we might not. That's again leading to the fact that, thankfully, our hope isn't laid up on this earth, mm. right? So those who, because God will hold everyone accountable, right, mm-hmm. uh, for the li- lives they lived here on earth, um, and so ultimately, when ill has been done, or you know, um, people commit atrocities and they don't. And, and we don't and the public don't think that they've had justice on earth well Christians remember that ultimately God will judge every man right mm. um, and according to uh, um, his will and his way and uh, and then we just remember to when we are judged to, to, to be found right in him um, and so we almost we want justice to be shown but it's not to it's not to it's not to um, Israel will know the term now it's not to it's not it's not uh, at any means mm. that justice will be shown yeah. that we want justice to be shown basically yeah. um, and if it's not shown then we, we know you will show disappointment and, 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 and you'll be upset uh, but you're not so consumed by the fact that no justice is shown mm. uh, that, that you know you, you in a way show yourself to be uh, having all your, your hope in this world and yeah. this system mm. you know never be sufficient will it no it's funny because we're recording this podcast and it's getting dark and it's like almost like it it mirrors dissension mm. the conversation because we've we've sobered up but yeah i think we've um i wanted else? to yeah talk to um england one two one i actually would in, keep, Kane, in keeping with um or oh, did they oh wow yeah, i just realized did. what you said sorry. Oh. <laughs> what do you think i said i i, I oh. you know you're still processing <laughs> your own thought oh, sorry um i wanted to actually like on the grandful thing um close with reading a prayer from the Diocese of London okay. on that topic. Okay. Is that okay? Edwin, do you have any... Edwin, do you have any... any? 
concerns? No, <laughs> go ahead, I, brother. Who so yeah, who di- the diocese, so the Church of England, um, is split up into like quickly. regions, mm-hmm. and they had the diocese of London, and they wrote a prayer. This is very brief, two paragraphs, um, which says, "Heavenly Father, sustain your beloved children in times of distress. Lord Jesus, as you become one with us, help us to work together to reveal your kingdom." Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and minds and guide us into the ways of truth and justice. Holy Trinity, three persons in one God, may we learn to listen, help us to love, bless and uphold the people of North Kensington and all who have been traumatised by the Grenfell Tower fire and grant them your healing and peace. Amen. 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 I think that's a fitting way to end yeah. the episode. Thanks, Edgem. Yo, Thank I'm you, here. Yes, Hit yes, me yes. up. Let me shout me. Yeah, follow Edwin, man. <laughs> is it no, Ed- I wasn't even doing a plug. Oh. Shame you, man. When you, oh. <laughs> I'm on the subs bench, you see, listeners. Oh so bro, we might obviously, have, rep- they've had a I, couple I have of no issue with you replacing Dami. Oh! <laughs> Why? What's Dami? Dami! Dami, you got Mel G. Pew, pew, pew. No, shout out Dami. Dami's actually overseas, so I like him. Mm. Um, He's uh, overseas. He pays his dues. You're done. Accolades. But yeah, thanks so much, Edwin. Oh. Always yeah, always welcome. a pleasure having nice. you on the Black Barrier Podcast. So I've been Mary. Israel. Edgim. And this is Black Barrier. Yeah. Edgim's turned up. A Christian. <laughs>